Coming to you from the Black Swan Media Studios, this is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. Hey, everyone. It's another Monday. It's another Monday in paradise. Why am I so overexposed? I have no idea why. I'm going to try to fix that. But we are live from the Black Swan Studios, and I am happy to have my next guest on. He is doing God's work, I would say, by uh, helping people restore their God-given and constitutional-given right to bear arms. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you guys, I am sponsored by Tusk. Tusk is the only crypto gun-friendly cryptocurrency on the market. Proudly sponsored by TUSC, the only cryptocurrency designed with the firearms market in mind. With three-second processing times, it's the fastest cryptocurrency on the planet. On the planet! With lower transaction fees than traditional credit cards, it's perfect for your e-commerce needs. For gun guys, buy gun guys. Visit TUSC.network for more information and join the digital revolution. And of course, I am way overexposed. We are also brought to you by uh, Black Swan Media Group. Black Swan Media Group is a uh, website that helps me do the missions that I like to do, do my causes and everything else. So let's go ahead and play that video as well. Swan Tactical, your number one source for 2A streetwear. With shirts, mugs, hats, patches, flags, and more, there's always something to help you rep the 2A community. All proceeds go back into our projects. Viewers and listeners can take an additional 10% off with code CRUMPY, unapologetically pro-gun, pro-liberty, and pro-freedom gear for the front lines of the culture war. All right, I look like I'm standing in a nuclear flash. I'm going to turn down some lights because my camera controls are not working to uh, fix the weight balance. Now I just look dark, but whatever. We're just gonna go. We're just gonna roll with it. Uh, so let me bring him on uh, from uh, YouTube. Felon with firearms. He helps people in the state of Virginia and elsewhere get their rights back uh, by walking them through the process. How are you doing? I'm well, man. I'm well. Back right now, trying to get the day going. A dig on what? What? What the hell's that? The day going. I'm, oh, the I'm day going. Right oh, now. I thought you said a dig. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, uh, your name is uh, Devin. Yeah, or, Devin. Yep. Uh, tell us uh, what exactly you do. So again, name's Devin. Devin Davis, born in Richmond, 
Richmond, Virginia, and um, I just find it easier for more people who have been through adversities that find these, who have rehabilitated ourselves, I find it easier for to explain some of the information that I found to help me through my adversities to restore my, my gun rights the Second Amendment. Because um, it's, it's, it's a difficult task. It can be a difficult task and it can be overwhelming for people trying to do it themselves. And um, outside of that, I'm a truck driver. I'm currently in Amsterdam, New York, waiting on this next load. All right, so uh, basically you help people get their gun rights back after they lose them. Uh, How did you come into doing that? Um, well, the first time I went about um, getting assistance to get my rights restored, I used an attorney, and um, I was denied. And um, when I reached back out to another attorney in order to restore my Second Amendment, they wanted the same ridiculous fee so it was like you know i'm a reader i'm an avid reader I, I i love to dig and find information so i said i'm gonna see if i can do this thing myself see what what can i dig up to help better my situation and you were able to find something of course absolutely um absolutely so you decided you wanted to help other people who've been through the same adversity ha- as you have absolutely have you helped a lot of people? Um, my video had my videos have directed a lot of people. Um, some of the individuals who have watched my videos and followed the process, they um, you know, some of them award me with allowing me to post the document of that restoration on my YouTube channel. Some don't, you know, it's perfectly fine. But it's about fourteen, fifteen documents that state other individuals have restored their rights in Virginia. So yeah, I say, yeah. I've seen those on your YouTube uh, page, not your YouTube, your Instagram where you post, where you post them. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that there is a public uh, prejudice against people who have committed a crime and have rehabilitated to give them their rights back? Absolutely. There's definitely a big prejudice behind it. Um, a lot of people have this mindset that if you broke the law once, you're going to do it again. It's going to be a repeated thing. And, um, you know, to, to me, to that, everybody has done something wrong in their life. Just everybody hasn't been caught for doing it. You know, so you can't just segregate a group of people based on that and say they don't deserve to defend themselves or they don't deserve to enjoy some of the sporting game behind second amendments or they can't possess you know simple possessions of family members heirlooms because of a poor choice that they may have made in that past there's a lot of people out there that are all for restoring the rights the voting rights of felons but not the firearms rights why why do you think that that there's a difference I honestly, uh, I can't say because not every felon is is harsh. You know, compounded misdemeanors can become a felon. So you're going to say that person with seven speeding tickets or seven trespassing, being charged for trespassing seven times don't deserve to defend or endure the civil liberties of everyone else? I mean, I... Mean, I... 100% agree with you on that. Uh, 
But what would you say to people who would say, oh, uh, people who committed felonies, they are too dangerous to have their firearms rights back? I mean, what defines dangerous? I mean, like, I could see, again, a poor choice. Like, for instance, my situation, a bar fight and... um a bar fight, the guy fell on it. We both fell over a table. The guy got cut by glass. And now I have a malicious wounding on my record. But, you know, clearly that wasn't malice. That wasn't intent to maim or disfigure. It just happened to be that we both fell over the table and he happened to get cut. So, but because of that, I'm now labeled as a violent felon. So do I not deserve to have my rights back? That's a common scenario. Yeah, and and you did your time. Uh, you you did your punishment, whatever. And it, basically, what I think this is my only my opinion. Um, if you are too dangerous to have a firearm, then you're probably too dangerous to have other things as well. Um, I th- there's this thing in this country, and not only in this country but around the world, where once you make one mistake, you're haunted by it for the rest of your life, you know, you're not punished for the rest of your life by the government, but you're haunted by it because it follows you. You can't get jobs. You can't have certain rights because you made a mistake when you're younger. And I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what made you decide to make a YouTube channel all about it? Again, um, just finding, can you hear me? Yeah. Um, just at nature, I'm a kind hearted person. I'm a giving person. I, I, I enjoy helping people. I found that before the YouTube channel, I was a personal trainer and a bodybuilder and I found enjoyment in just, you know, watching people grow, watching people up, seeing it and seeing the, the happiness on their face. And, um, you know, once I, secured my second amendment i know the joy that i felt behind it you know i was i was no longer looked at as a second class citizen so i made the information available to to potentially help others and um the the results of the people who still communicate with me that has gotten their second amendment restored they most of them tell me it's it's the best feeling in the world it's better than you know, them buying a house or is, it feels better than the business that they started. Like this is one of their best accomplishments. So that personal satisfaction of a job well done is what moved me. Why do you think politicians are quicker to give voting rights back than gun rights? Honestly, I have no idea. You know, it's, it's, it's sad that they would they would deem a person worthy of having that rights restored. Their, what, to notary, jury, things like that, but not that Second Amendment. But if I'm not deemed to be in society, then I shouldn't be in society. But if I'm able to come back out, let me be a free man. Let me have what what's my God-given right, my privileges. Like, let me have those. All right. Was it hard? Um, I know when you had an attorney, it, you failed to get your rights back. Was that hard to accept when you first failed to get your gun rights back when you went through an attorney? Or, or were you more yeah. motivated to find a way? A little bit of both. The initial feeling of being told no was discouraging, but 
immediately after it's like you know it's it's something else that I can, that I can do I don't like taking no for an answer you know I have to, I'm the type of individual that has to be told no a hundred times you know I'm I'm going to try I'm going to show that I'm capable of doing exactly what the next man can do and that's live okay did the judge tell you why he originally decided that you didn't deserve your gun rights back at the first, first time he's the first time he said it was time, I hadn't been home long enough for him to make that decision. And um, when they finally did restore my rights, they had mentioned, they, they questioned it and mentioned the violent nature of my history. And, um, but at the end of the day, they still granted them, so. Yeah, um, one of my friends lost his gun rights or something that he did when he was 18, and I testified for him. Um, basically as a character witness because they made him bring in character witnesses. Did you have to do anything like that? I did have several reference letters. No one um, showed to court for on my behalf, but I had a plethora of um, reference letters. Um, some were police officers, military friends, um, clients that I had trained. Um, it, was, it was a decent amount of members from the community, also pillar members of the community who spoke on my behalf. Do you think that there should be some type of automatic restoration of firearms rates over a certain amount of time after a crime? I think it's discretionary. I think it depends on the crime um, that, yes, the rights should be restored. I don't believe that all charges should, you know, should have that privilege restored. What charges don't you think, like murder or something like that? It depends on the nature of the murder, um, but specifically, like rape, I don't, I don't feel like someone who can commit rape should be able to possess firearm. Okay, I got it. I got it. Uh, what has the reaction been from the general public towards your endeavor of helping people get their firearm rates back? A lot of people embrace what I'm doing. Like community, um, again, my military friends. Uh, the 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 social network a lot of people appreciate what i'm doing because i'm making uh the information more accessible to everyday people who may need it all right walk me through the process what's the process of getting your rights back in you're in virginia so let's say virginia let's say i'm a i'm a felon and i want to get my firearms rates back well in virginia is a um a Gerber national process. So it's, 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 it's at the governor's discretion. So the first thing you would need to do is, is a couple things. You need to have your civil rights restored. You need to be released from probation or parole. Um, you have to file for a criminal background check to prove and validate what is currently on your record. And then, you know, you petition the courts. It sounds like a long process. It can be waiting on the documents is 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 what's the most longest part of the process, um, because as you know, contacting different offices to get certain documents, some of them give you the runaround, and then they kind of drag their feet when it comes to mailing you documents. So it, it can be a long, drawn out process. Do you think that certain people in the government drag their feet? because of anti-gun or do you think they just drag their feet because they're kind of lazy 
or a little bit of both? It's 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 a little bit of both. Um, well, I would say I, I believe what we have decided now is is shown to be a lot of what's anti-gun. Um, I can't speak on the the person's you know personal and say that they're late, but I do feel like a lot of what's going on today is anti-gun. Yeah, today the so- not- go ahead. I was gonna say, and it's not it's not the gun that's dangerous. It's not the gun at all. No, it's definitely the person. I was a little bit disappointed today. The Supreme Court had a chance to hear a couple cases about felon, nonviolent felons getting their firearms rights back uh, and basically overturning uh, a lifetime ban. And the Supreme Court today chose not to hear that case. And I was really hopeful that they were because Amy Coney Barrett, um, um, she really wants to hear a case on like that because she believes that felons should get their gun rights back but the supreme court chose not to hear the case uh was that disappointing to you at all unfortunately i didn't get to catch it again i'm you know i'm driving this truck i'm driving 11 hours a day uh-huh, that was gotcha. something i was not able to catch yeah they they turned down the petition so they're not going to hear the case at all they didn't just table it they no it's turned it down so it's done it goes to the lower courts where the lower court says yep that's fine that they lose their rights for life yeah no that's that's to me that's not acceptable because that's not a part of article two yeah i i 100 percent agree that's why I i was really disappointed that they decided not to hear that because once again i don't think that uh you should be punished for the rest of your life or something that you could do when you're 18 years old. And another thing I was wondering is I have a friend who got his gun rights restored in Virginia. He moved out to Colorado. And even though he got his gun rights restored in Virginia, Colorado didn't recognize that. So in order to have a gun in Colorado, he would have to get his rights restored there as well. Have you ran into that in, in any cases like that? Um, I don't deal with cases because um, I'm not an attorney. Well, but not I dealing with cases. Had... Have you heard any about anything like that? Other? No, I was just reading something that stated that if, um, you know, if your conviction was in another state, that you would have to deal with. Note that a Virginia resident with an out-of-state conviction must satisfy requirements. Oh, that's something else. Um, but no, I haven't dealt with anyone who had a situation like that. Um, generally, generally, um, for multiple states, is, is the the pardon form is was required for that. Like he had his rights restored in Virginia and then moved to Colorado. Yeah, he moved to Colorado, but he had to leave his guns in Virginia because Colorado does not recognize Virginia re- restoration of his rights. So Colorado basically said you have to get your rights restored here before you're allowed to own guns here. I mean, that's the governor's jurisdiction, so. Uh, that, I, I just don't there. like it. <laughs> yeah, I I don't either. But you know, you got sometimes you got to play by the rules. I would just you know encourage your friend to push the paperwork for Colorado so he don't have that issue, or either find a state that does honor you know Virginia restoration process, or either that I consider a carry permit. 
Yeah, well, he met a girl who went, and then he went full on, uh, uh, you know, left leftist. So I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna uh, do that or not. I, I think he should. Uh, there is a lot of different rules for each different state. Um, I would like to see something that like that codifies all the rules across all the states. Um, I'm not sure about you, but I, I would definitely like to see that because it can get really, really confusing. It can get expensive too. The rights restore. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it mostly hurts people of lower incomes because they can't get their rights restored because they don't have a couple thousand dollars to drop on an attorney. And that is exactly why I do what I do. Yeah, and I think I think it's a good thing, and I think we really need people out there like you who do what what you do, because you know, for me, if I have my rates taken away, uh, I I have the the means to, you know, the financial means to get them restored, but a lot of people don't, mm-hmm. and that basically makes them like kind of like a second class citizen, mm-hmm. without being too dramatic it definitely does make them like a second class citizen because they start thinking you know that they are because they don't have the money to to do it and i think that's that's wrong um and one of the things why i think that a lot of politicians are willing to restore gun rights I mean, not gun rights, voting rights than gun rights because I think they get something out of the gun, the voting rights. And where the person who gets the rights restored, they're the ones who get something out of gun rights. So that's why I think they're a little bit more, they, they're a little bit more willing to give back voting rights because they figure, hey, if I give back this person's voting rights, they're going to vote for me. Right. Makes sense. Um, and I don't think that's the reason why we should give back rights. We should give back rights because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Talking to people, what what do most people think when you tell them what you do by helping balance get their gun rights back? Again, like I said, most people support what I do. Um, most people, you know, encourage me to continue to try to help people because, again, not every person not every person, um, you know, should be banished from protecting their household or, again, being able to enjoy just the same liberties that everyone else enjoy. Um, And not everyone should be carrying that stigma from a crime that was committed 20 years ago. You know, I have an uncle who committed a crime 33 years ago, and he he still has not you know, restored his rights and or attempted to restore his rights because he always was under the impression that it wasn't possible as a fella. Yeah, do you think that that's another thing I wanted to talk about? Do you think that not a lot of people know that it's it's possible? And do you think that's on purpose that they don't make that information readily available to people that it's possible? That's, That's definitely intentional. That's definitely intentional, just like financial literacy, learning about credit. They don't teach those things. Like learning or knowing that you can restore your gun rights as a felon is 
that that is intentional yeah i i would have i would definitely have to agree how long you been doing this for um i restored my my second amendment march 3rd of 2020 um it was the best birthday present i've given myself and um i've been dedicated to finding information and just putting it out there for informational purposes since then i'm hopefully i can find something for every state something yeah i know some states actually have switched to like a timeline where you get them automatically restored Mm -hmm. and i wish more states would do that but they don't have to certain states have to petition in certain states it's almost impossible to Mm -hmm. and it it can get really expensive i know virginia if i'm not mistaken it runs between 1500 and 2000 dollars yep in other states it can run as high as ten thousand dollars to get them restored and that's ridiculous that's ridiculous and and then it's not guaranteed that's the sad part about it like you're gonna you're gonna give up ten thousand dollars two thousand dollars or whatever the case may be you're giving up that much of your time spent to provide for your family just to ask somebody for something that you deserve in the first place and then to be told no and to come back and they say well we still want five thousand dollars again like that's it's, it's sad it's sickening oh it definitely um, somebody out there, Zodak wants to know: Do you encourage carrying black powder revolvers until uh, their rights get restored? Because uh, you can carry a black powder revolver whether you're a uh, whether you have gun rights or not. I encourage anything that will allow you to even the grounds legally. I don't want no one, you know, making poor decisions. And, and potentially putting themselves in a situation that's going to cost them the rest of their life, you know, behind bars. So if it's something that you you can do legally to better equip yourself, yes, I encourage you wholeheartedly. Yep, definitely. Uh, Jason King brings up uh, one of the cases where somebody uh, lost their gun rights and they still don't have their gun rights is because um, he lost his gun rights because he got caught bootlegging cassette tapes in the 80s and was charged with a felony. That was one of the cases that went up to to the Supreme Court. And that's ridiculous. And that's one of the things I mentioned when somebody can have compounded trespassing charges and you're telling me I don't deserve my Second Amendment because I bootlegged cassette tapes. I don't deserve my Second Amendment. What sense do that make? And if you really think about it, everyone has committed a felony in their lives, whether they want to admit it or not. You have. <laughs> it's almost and just haven't been caught. Just haven't been caught. So my rights could be gone. Your rights could be gone. And uh, there's a lot of different. Think about when you're a kid. All the stupid crap you did when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. You could have been like hauled up in a felony. And or here, here's the thing. One of my friends got convicted of a felony because he was kind of set up. Um, they they wanted. Uh, basically, someone turned on them. They wanted to know what their drug connection was. And so the person set the other person up, you know, say, hey, I left my bag. Can you bring me my bag? Okay. You know, all of a sudden, cops saw him. They're like, oh, that, that, that's the guy that sold me all the drugs. 
And they're like, well, we'll let you off if you tell us who gave gave the drugs to you. And he was like, I don't know because they're not mine. Um, and so he got caught up in a felony and lost his gun rights. And it, it, it was just a bad conviction. State of Virginia? Uh, yeah. Tell him, man, if he's watching, man, after a certain amount of clean time, go get your rights restored. You got a nonviolent felon. No, uh, he did. He did. Okay, good. Awesome. But but it took him years to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's 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 really crazy. Um, the, the way the way they do it. In a perfect world, what would you like to see you've done? A time a time limit after you you've paid back your crime do you think you should get them back automatically once whatever your sentence once whatever the judge sentences you to have done or do you think that there should be a, like a sliding scale like for a violent it's like whatever your punishment is plus five years plus ten years if it's a violent violent crime or do you think it should be once your sentence is done that's it you get your rights back if in the perfect world, what would you like to see? Uh, I I would like to see it to you know be even across the scale of discretionary period, you know whether it's violent or non-violent, a discretionary period, and people to still have to go along with the process of you know petitioning to show that they have some form of literacy because you know it. it it shows that it's something that's meaningful for you, for you to sit down and do the due diligence in order to, um, you know, find the information necessary to restore your rights. And to me, that gives me a sense of responsibility, knowing that someone's willing to take the initiative and learn about something. I feel like if they go through those means to restoring their rights, I feel like they will go through the means of educating themselves on properly handling a sidearm or whatever the case may be. You know, so I like I said, I feel like it's, it should be discretionary across the board, but they should still be able to get it done. How about like nonviolent, uh, nonviolent felonies? Do you think those? Do you think you should lose your gun rights at all for like a nonviolent felony? Let's say you embezzle money. Uh. I've never embezzled money, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, I'm just using that as an example of a like, violent crime, like, or, or how about like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, with the shoplifting. Laws at hand, <laughs> with the laws at hand, if you are to lose your rights, I just feel like you should have an opportunity to get them back, regardless, except for that one crime. Yes. So you're basically not saying that. You're basically saying that felons should lose their rights, but there should be a clear path back to getting them restored. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You're a little bit different than I am. (laughs) I believe it should be automatic. (laughs) Okay. But, yeah. Why Why do you feel they should be automatic? Because when you get out of a, a prison or when you get off probation or whatever, you have paid your debt back to society. 
when you paid your debt back to society, you should be free and clear to move forward with your light or with your life, with all your rights restored. There should never be a, a sentence where you lose your rights for life. If uh, you get your freedom back, like, let's say I let you out, you can go get a job, whatever, but you're not going to get all your rights back for life. Um, like if you're in prison for life, that that's different, of course. Right. But if you're out and your debt is according to the courts paid back to society, then you should have your rights back automatically i mean you know it's, it's personal preference for me i guess i like the the hard route I, I mean like i said i like i like to challenge myself and in me digging for whatever endeavor it is in life whether it was rice restoration learning how to get a trade cdl become a certified personal trainer i i like the challenge of life obstacles because that's what make me into a better person each time i'm able to learn something new so i mean that maybe that's why i feel like you know, the petition should be still a part of the process. But again, I'm definitely for restoration of those those liberties. How'd you get your logo designed, by the way? I really like it. I got a buddy in Richmond um, who I went to high school with. He um, drew it up for me. Now, yeah. that, that that's a really cool logo, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. Do you wish more people were doing... Um, do you think? Do you wish more people were doing um, the sharing of knowledge of how to get your rights back? I do. I wish more people just shared. Period, because it's so much more that we can do as a whole. Interdependency is a mature concept. It's so much more that we can get accomplished if we work together versus being separated. You know, and and people choose to try to step over top of the next person and outdo the next person when it don't have to be like that. Like we can all get ahead. So if you have something that you're, you're, you can get that was freely given to you, why not share it? So you believe in like a pit forward type model for the most part, you know, I be, I believe in being compensated for your time when you're sacrificing things, um, you know, staying away from your family, things like that. But other than that, if it's freely given to you, give it away. Give it back. You'll get your blessing. Now, you also have a little book, if I'm not mistaken, a little pamphlet type thing that tells people how the process. Or did I just imagine that? A pamphlet to tell people the process of what? Of getting their rights back, the firearms rights back. Oh yeah, the did I have one? Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I was asking. I think you do. Yeah, I do. I actually, um, here it is, right here. Okay, you were scaring me. I thought I was <laughs> imagining it. Yeah, I, um, again, because I like to read, and I figured, you know, what other ways can I share this information and reach more people? And you know, I said I put it in a book. You know, it's published on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Nobles, it's on a lot of major platforms. And um, it has a chart in there that has the rules and coding for each state 
you know, what's required is not nothing in in depth of the state, but it tells you if your state is your rights can be restored by the governor or if you have to pardon, it gives you the code for the state cases that was fought on behalf of that situation. And it is just a great reference guide to punch you in the right direction. All right. What is harder to get uh, the the approval from the governor or pardon or does it really depend on the state? Every, it depends on the state. Everything that I've read um, online and research said that it's, it's definitely difficult to get a pardon. But um, me, I'm like I said, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to shoot for it. I'm actually ready to file for a pardon myself, being that um, they're taking an action in Virginia. You know, after five years, they, um, they were speaking on the expungement. So that's considered here. There's three types of pardon. There's a simple pardon. There's a conditional pardon. There's an absolute pardon. So I'm getting ready to file an absolute pardon myself because I have other things that I would like to do with the movement that I have pushing and the actual felon on my record is hindering me. And that would remove it totally from your record. Yep. That that's pretty awesome. I also think that because, you know, once you get a felony on your record, uh, a lot of times that follows you for life. And I'm not one who thinks that's the right thing. I don't think it should follow you for life. I got to put this truck in the dock door. All right. I'm still here, though. But, yeah, no, I don't I don't agree with it following you for life, because, again, it, it, it closes so many doors. Um, for the person, like, how do you expect someone to be able to attempt to better themselves? How do you encourage someone to better themselves if you're going to hold that stigma along them? Yeah, it basically turns a like a year sentence into like a lifetime sentence, and that's something that shouldn't happen. So you're in New York right now, right? Yep. Yep, Amsterdam, New York. Oh, Amsterdam. Uh, that's upstate, right? Yes. Yeah, um, I go to uh, Long Island a lot. Yeah, family out there? Just My wife's family. Okay. Yeah, it's a bit... Wow. Now, are you an over-the-road trucker, or are you uh, just like... Uh... I, I am now. I was um, driving locally at home. I was driving petroleum products, on, um, you know, gasoline, diesel fuel, and I had to get um, clearance, TSA, Homeland Security clearance for to do that. And... When COVID, you know, hit, a lot of the um, travel slowed down. So fuel really slowed down. And, of course, you know, I got a household to take care of. So I had to find something else. Booyah. So you became an over-the-road trucker. Do you like it? Um, It's... The sacrifice is being away from my family. You know, it, it sucks. I don't like it. But at the same time, I know that I have to do what's necessary in order to be able to provide 
with this felon still hindering me because um if i didn't have a felon i don't know i i probably wouldn't be a truck driver you know i probably would have pursued something different but my my um, opportunities are limited and that's another reason why i said i'm going for this pardon so that i can open some doors for me what's the process on that um you have to i'm I don't even wanna. So for this, like I said, it's three different pardons. So for a simple pardon, you have to be free of all conditions set by the court on all convictions in the state followed a, a waiting period of five years. Um, and that includes supervised probation, unsupervised probation, good time, behavior all convictions then add five years so basically you have to keep your nose clean plus five years yep that is cool it's possible you know and that's the most encouraging part again because like i said i'm the individual that's going to submit that pardon and if they say no i'm gonna have another one in the mail right behind it you keep on doing it until they actually until they actually give it to you Bug them, right? Mm-hmm. Never give up on that. Never give up on that. Um, I have a friend that has a felony from like 40 years ago. And uh, I keep on telling him he needs to try to get it. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's just not worth my time. I'm like, yeah, I guess it's each is to his own. I know I would want to do it just to uh do do it basically, um, and I commend you for taking that step to trying to be able to do it and get that off your record because that's something that's going to open up a lot of doors. And like I said, plus I don't really like the life sentence aspect of a felony where it follows you around forever. Um, don't really want to get into too much of what he did, but uh, he something happened to uh his his daughter and uh, he went and found the guy and kind of took it to him a little bit okay so he caught a case like that um so he like lived with it for like 40 years so, i mean i don't know he's older than i am but uh of course, unless he did, unless he had a daughter when he was five, but you know, I, I I just don't. I think he should have uh, fought back. He never owned any guns or anything like that because he never got his uh, firearms rights back. He never got his voting rights back. To this day. To this day, yeah. Mm. Um, and it's just not worth it to him. And I mean, if it's not worth it to him, I mean, I guess that that's up to him, but. I know for me, I would be fighting on day one. Absolutely. You and me both. You have any kids? I have one daughter. Yep, one daughter. She's one and a half. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. getting your getting your rights restored and getting that part in, um, you can say you're doing that for her, too. And you probably Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
You probably are. Yeah. What are you going to do after truck driving once you get your, once you get this uh, off your record since you said you? I would like to become an FFL dealer. No, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really would like to become an FFL dealer. Yeah, I used to have a gun shop. Yeah. Yeah, the profit margins isn't that high. Well, now they are, but they used to not be. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the things. I would definitely like to become an FFL dealer. Um, I don't know, man. It's just... It's for me is it's just one of those things that I know is is hindering me, hindering my life right now and I don't accept it. I don't like it. So I'm gonna fight for to truly liberate myself from all stereotypes. Now after you get your uh after you get your uh pardon, which I, I I'm pretty sure that you, you'll fight until you get that. Are you going to help other people? with know how to do it the same way i've logged everything that i have found thus far to inform the rest of the people i'm going to do the process with my pardon all right so you're yeah. basically taking this are you working with a lawyer or are you doing it by yourself i'm just researching myself reading and researching myself that's why i make it you know i disclose that this is just information you know do what you please with it you know but I'm in no way do I want to appear as an attorney. I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to give information that can freely be found on the internet and just make it a little more accessible to people because it's there. Now, let me ask you this. Um, mm-hmm. When you paid the money to the attorney to get your rates back and you did not get your rates back, how disappointing was that to you? Like a, um, like I said, it was a mixture of emotion. Like initially, I was disappointed. I won't. It, it didn't break my heart because I knew there was the potential and the possibility of them not restoring my rights because I was a felon. I went in there, you know, expecting the worst but hoping for the best. I knew the the potential for me coming out the courtroom with them telling me no. I'm, I was a quote-unquote violent felon. I had I have multiple felons. I, I knew it was a possibility, but that didn't discourage me from regrouping and and going back at it the right way. You know, doing some more research, collecting some more um, accomplishments, showing proof that I've rehabilitated myself on on multiple aspects. All right. Another question I do have for you is the attorney that you originally had, did he oversell the possibility of you getting your rights back the first time or was he straight up honest? No, he told me he didn't know. He he, he said it's possible, but I'm not sure if it can be done. I'm right. fine with it. All right, because uh, I've heard stories of some uh, attorneys promising the world. And then when okay. they get in there, they fail. I just wanted to see if your guy was one of those guys or not. Yeah, no. I was told it was a possibility that I won't be able to get my rights restored. And um, I was cool with that. It was a, you know, it was a healthy risk. Prior to that, I took unhealthy risks every day. So why not take a healthy risk for a change? 
What made you turn your life around? It's a multitude of things. It's not just one. Um, I would say, you know, some of the variables were definitely books, reading, just, um, you know, having more information at my disposal, you know, having more avenues on how to attack things, have more angles to attack and approach life as well as mentorship, you know, talking to older gentlemen who weren't as young-minded as I was during those times. And, um, you know, just getting their perspective on life and listening to their suggestions on how I should or could behave, you know. And, you know, none of the stuff growing up stuck with me then. But as I got older and I started mature, I guess my brain started working. I realized that I was able to identify with some of the things that people have said to me previously. And um, from that point, you know, um just applying the things that I had I had learned, you know, taking, you know, my prison experience and turning it into a transitional experience. Um it 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 became it that feeling of that personal satisfaction every time I accomplished something that I didn't think was possible at one point would motivate me to try something else. And with each new accomplishment, you know, you build courage, you build strength, you build hope, and it just becomes habit. You know, they say after, you know, 60 days of doing something, it becomes a habit. So if you consistently, me consistently just trying to better myself, my 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 paradigm of life became optimistic versus, I guess, uh, you know, looking at myself as a victim. Right. So, so you were basically you basically fell into the trap of looking like looking at yourself as a victim, and that kind of led you into the lifestyle that you're into. And is that what you're? Is that uh, what I'm? What you're getting at? Uh, a, a lot of poor. I know a lot a lot of poor decisions I, I made was based on the information that I had readily available to me, whether it was environmental, um, immediately or indirectly influenced. And once I was able to instill new information within myself, you know, then I was able to apply new things. Like it wasn't until I was able to understand the information that was available to me that I could change my life. You know, ultimately it was up to me to make those decisions. That that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Um that you came to that realization and you were able to overcome your situation through that. Have you ever thought about doing like a mentorship program or something with uh younger people? Uh I would love to. You know, I just have to make more time for myself. And that's another reason why, you know, I try to use the platforms that I use because I'm I'm not readily available. You know, I'm, that's not an excuse. I can definitely make more time. And even to this day, when I go back to the neighborhood I grew up in, I definitely make sure I, I drop jewels on those younger than me who I see maybe going down a destructive path. I wish I had a more prominent influence 
and I could do it more often, but with, you know, my personal responsibilities, I can't at the moment. Yeah. Your responsibilities have to come to your family first. Mm-hmm. And I 100% totally get that. I just think that the younger generation who is being pushed like a false narrative and that's kind of driving them down like the wrong path than a lot of decision making or a alternative narrative or what they're seeing and stuff like that. Um, They're being told um, that like a lot of stuff, uh, you know, well, you're not, you're not responsible for some of the decisions you're making when you have to take responsibility, no matter if, there's outside forces at play or not. You still have to kind of take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Or um, for for some of that. And I think on the, I wouldn't even say the younger generation because my generation, a lot of people, a lot of people fall into that trap too. Where, you know, you, society can suck. Yes, and society can hold you down. Yes. But I, I but don't give in to that and don't give them the satisfaction of falling into what they say you are. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. You know, it's 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 for the younger for the younger generation is a is a hard concept to adapt even as an adult is a hard concept to adapt that people's opinion don't matter um or you know the outside world opinion don't matter social media opinion don't matter whatever's important to the people is it's hard for them to recognize that it don't matter at a young age it's only what you think about yourself and what you can make of yourself and i get it because i've been there but you know it's a it's a it's, it's a growing point and it it takes for you to honestly acquire some self-love to actually try to better yourself and whether you get you know you got you just got to get love man and wherever you get it from learn to apply it learn to apply it because that's another thing if you want for me learning to love myself because that's something that i had to learn then i wouldn't make decisions to better myself so for the younger generation if they 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 just got to learn to appreciate and love themselves and make better decisions for yourself yeah, I think it's even harder for them than it was on me because when I growing up, I didn't have like social media, so some of my friends mm-hmm. fell into that trap without social media. So it's even easier to fall into that trap with social media now. Mm-hmm. Um, the weird world world we live in, man. The whole digital online world is just weird. Taking away intimacy. Just said you got to learn to love, and it's taking away the intimacy. Yeah, it, it definitely is, and that's not even like conjecture or anecdotal evidence. I mean, that's the actual studies to show that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all the good social media has done, it has done a lot of bad too. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a balance that we need to we need to find. I would say that balance is the 
the advocates of what is, you know, what is justice, peace and equality. They need to keep on advocating it. And, you know, hopefully at some point it it will begin to outweigh what's not. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you can't make nobody do nothing that they don't want to do. Yeah, that is true. That is true. You can't, you can't force them to do it, but you can certainly encourage them to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the situation. It's like the angel and the devil that sits on your shoulder. I don't know if you remember those old cartoons. Mm-hmm. But angel sits on one, and the devil sits on the other. That was, you know, I just don't think we have enough. An, yeah, I don't don't think we have enough angels on people's shoulders. Mm-hmm. All right, man. We've been on for almost an hour. I'm going to start wrapping it up here. Um, I'm going to give you the final word. So hold on for one second. I just want to remind okay. everyone or let everyone know if I haven't told them yet. I have a lot going on tomorrow, so I won't be on tomorrow, but I will be back on Wednesday. Uh, with uh, another guest and next weekend I'm going to be out I do have a video dropping tomorrow on John Crump News if you go to John Crump News you can go ahead and watch that video join Gun Owners of America and here's a really cool thing guys you can join Gun Owners of America for a discount if you just go to gunowners.org slash black dash swan dash media you can take 25% off uh, of everything. And for everyone out there, if you go to Black Swan Tactical, you can use code CRUMPY for 10% off anything on there. The audio-only version of this podcast will be up uh, probably later on tonight or tomorrow morning at the latest. And with that, I'm going to kick it over to Devin. Devin, give us your final word. Uh, plug anything you want. Tell people how to find you. You can tell people to go buy a certain beer if you want, whatever you want. <laughs> it's all you. Yeah, if, if you're a supporter of what I'm doing, please like, comment, and subscribe on my YouTube channel, Felon with Firearms. If you believe this information can be it's helpful for you, you can purchase this book at FelonWithFirearmsLLC.com or off Amazon. Um, and yeah, if you like I said, if you're a supporter, please go check out my YouTube channel or my Instagram page, Felon with Firearms, and much prosperity to you all. Yeah, you are doing a good thing out there, and I wish you luck in in the future. And let me know if you need any help from me. What we could name out there and get more people's rights back, because in the end, that's what it all matters. We are all Americans, and we all have the right to bear arms. And it's not a constitutional right. It is a God-given right. All right, people, stay ever vigilant. Stay ever free. Keep in the fight. And we are out of here. And with that, I'm going to drop the final video. See you later.